Welcome, everybody, to Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the A2 review show. Before we get too far into it, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Pulp 22 is the code to save with Racetech. If you get your motor work done, if you get some suspension work done, you can save with the code uh, PulpMX. Just tell me your PulpMX show listener. Tell me this in the PulpMX. They'll give you a discount. Get your seals done, your, your, your bushings. Get your bike working better, and it'll work better for you. And then uh, all of that, man. Yeah, Racetech. They, they sponsor a lot of racers over the years. They've been over 40 years helping out racers with their modifications for their suspension and motors. And they can help you, too. The Racetech service centers are all over America. And, uh, again, use the code. Tell them you listen to Pulp. Racetech.com. Do it. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Anaheim 2 review show. Lots to get into. The fourth different winner in four races. And, uh, yeah, man, really, really cool to talk about it. Lots happened. Uh, it's the Wild West out there, so let's dive into it. Thank you to Fly Racing. Go it in your dealer. Pound on the counter repeatedly over and over until you get to see the new Fly catalog with all the styles and all the pricing and all the colors and everything else. And you can make the best choice for you for your riding gear, your helmets, your boots, your goggles, whatever it is, flyracing.com. Justin Brayton, where's Fly Racing? And we're going to have to talk about Brayton in this show. Uh, among others, uh, Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, uh, Joey Savacci. Fly Racing covering you from head to toe. The Formula Helmet is absolutely incredible. I can tell you this. I, I wear it all the time, and I love it. Thank you to Fly Racing for coming on board. Uh, Motorsport.com and Kobo Links as well. We'll talk about them later. Renthal, though. Renthal.com, whether it's uh, Cooper Webb on the KTM, whether it's... Uh, Jason Anderson on the uh, Kawasaki, where there's Ken Roxon and Chase Sexton on the Honda. They're running Renthal handlebars, and Renthal's got bars for you. They still make the trusty old 7.8 bar. They make the oversized uh, bar, the twin wall, and then, of course, they make the crossbar less. Fat bar and fat bar 36. So thank you to those guys for coming on board. Sprockets, chains, grips. Renthal.com for more information and Maxxis tires. I have not seen the king of supercross, Jeremy McGrath, at a race this year. I think he's been there. He developed the MXSTs and the SGB Honda guys who uh, are having a bit of a tough time right now. They're using Maxxis, though. Uh, Maxxis.com for more information. Light, tr light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, and more. Uh, thank you to Maxxis guys for coming on board and, uh, and also the Onyx Maps guys that we'll tell you more about later. But with me to talk about Anaheim 2, I just literally drove in, walked in, got right into the podcast studio for this man uh, only. Two-time German Supercross champion, two-time. Uh, Montreal Supercross champion. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, what's up, JT? 
Not too much. I do appreciate it. But also, uh, you were around Southern California all morning riding your bicycle and doing all sorts of things. So while I do appreciate the effort, it wasn't like you weren't doing things on your own to, to force this timing issue as well. But you insisted on this time. There was well, no yeah, pushing I, back. I, I was I was planning on it. I didn't know that there would be some sort of uh, Hollywood signed bicycle ride today that would put that in jeopardy. Uh, you did know that because I asked you if you wanted to go and you laughed at me. I didn't know it was going to push you back from being home by 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Okay. All right. Also on the line, this man uh, watched uh, the uh, the carnage from his uh, safety of his couch. He is the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. He is the voice of Flat Track. He is the voice of GNCC, the voice of quad racing, the voice of a lot of things. If you're paying, he's saying. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I am the voice or was. I don't know. A lot of things up in the air right now. I don't really know. It's early in the year. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this year turns out. I think the quad motocross series, I think I got that on lockdown. Yeah, you. And uh, we'll, we'll you, see it about everything else. We had Lee Diffie on the Pulp Show, and you really made it clear to Lee that that series is off limits for him. Yeah, he does a lot. He did an excellent job. I watched many hours of the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona over the weekend with Lee Diffie. But don't you dare... Fly Racing's turf and my turf, ATV Motocross. Yep, yep. So yep. Lee knows better. Yep. Uh, I have not yep. watched the race. I just walked in the door, literally all for JT. And uh, how did our sure. buddy Daniel Blair do in the uh, booth? It was his second time up in there. We saw him in Salt Lake City. How was he? Uh, whoever, I guess we, you watched it. So how was it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's excellent, uh, just as you'd expect. I don't think it's even a shock. I wasn't even, even in Salt Lake last year, at no point was I like, how's this going to go? Uh, you know, it's just a matter of, does Daniel get a shot? He'll do a good job. I think that was, uh, you know, inevitable or guaranteed, whatever you want to call it. No, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Uh, good stuff with him and RC. Uh, we'll talk about many points here, but you know, it's funny. Uh, he does the most important job, which is, you know, they they bring up in jest that he's a master of LCQs because he raced him in his day and stuff like that. But um, you know, the Daniel that we have when he's on your show, the Daniel who's listening to this podcast as we speak, because I'm sure he is. Uh, the Daniels on Race Day Live. You know, when you're the play-by-play guy, you're suddenly just a, you're just a, a person. You're not yourself. You're not a character. You're not there to talk about what you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just there to set things up. So it's a different Daniel, but you know he gets that, and that was probably you know the most challenging thing to be like you have a different role here. Yeah, but he nailed it. Yep. Yeah. So what you're saying, which is your role, is the most important role. I, I just said different. I just said different. I didn't say it's more important. Yep. <laughs> but I, I have told many people, when you do those podium interviews at Loretta's, that's the kid's time to shine, not yours. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's the superstars of the show are the racers, not the announcers. Yep. There's some announcers that would uh, differ on that in our sport. There are some that really like the attention, yes. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Anaheim 2. Uh, so the... I really like this track. I, I, I don't know if you guys listened to my Pulpcast, but it was something I asked, I think, everybody on there because um, I thought it was going to be dry and slippery because they had Monster Jam there. Uh, we had some cloud cover. They did a good job of prepping it. It was ruddy. It was tacky. Uh, there was a couple spots that were slippery, but generally it was a really good soil. And then I liked all the obstacles. I liked the wall thing, big rhythms, whoops. Uh, I really liked this good start, you know, fast start coming in the turn, uh, double over top of the first turn. I like this track, JT. I thought it was really cool uh, to watch. Uh, most guys liked it to race, too, but yeah, I was a fan of this track. It was definitely challenging. Uh, I, I don't know whether I liked it or didn't like it. I, I, I did feel it was very difficult, very technical, and very challenging. Um, if I have to choose between that 
and kind of the basic San Diego layout, of course I will go with Anaheim 2. The only thing I didn't like was they changed the track from what the track map was. So I think that's why I'm a little jaded and I'm not like, oh man, this track was the best because mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to what the track map actually had laid out. Yeah, but yeah, but how many times does that happen, right? Where they make well, a change, they made, I mean, significant you know. changes. Like they took a whoop section completely out mm-hmm. and, and then changed another ry- rhythm section all around. So I, I wanted to see two whoop sections. I, th- I thought it would ask a lot of the riders, and instead of that second whoop section we got, you know, kind of a basic rhythm section. So I, I felt like that was kind of a downgrade. No, man, the, the, the futures we got to do for the futures, man. We got to do that. Change our sport for the futures. I guess. I don't know. I mean, if, if you were doing anything for the futures, then that was an epic fail because that track was way too brutal for for futures. So yeah. I don't necessarily buy that, that line. The, uh, the rhythm after home plate there over the wall and then three, 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 that was big. Mm-hmm. And, and there were some guys that had some moments. I mean, we'll talk about, you know, one a certain fly rider who had a moment there. But um, there were some guys that almost uh, bit bit it hard on that section. I, and, I, and I don't want to say I like that because the guys almost crashed. But that's how challenging it was, man. You had to get it right. And it was fast and it was big. The jumps, the, lands were, the landings were different sizes. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. I liked that. It wasn't... Uh... It wasn't drawn up in a very cookie cutter. Okay, you're going to triple here, mm-hmm. land here, triple off that land there. You know, it was, yeah. it was kind of built to where there was, it, you were able to be creative, but it just so happened to be the way that the fastest line played out was pretty challenging. Like you had to get up and down and over yeah. the backsides of things that weren't so easy to do. Uh, Craig told me that they were not thinking those guys were going to jump that wall, and I'm like, really? Because you guys are all doing it pretty easy. Yeah, they had pl- plenty of run. Yeah, there. yeah. I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, what do you think, Weech, from the couch? Yeah, uh, it the the challengingness of it didn't come across in the same way that Anaheim one I feel did. Uh, Anaheim, I was there at Anaheim one, but I do feel like Anaheim one translated when you watch the broadcast. Also, yes, that one rhythm lane looked tough, but now that you mention it, JT, I think a lot of it is, and we did see mistakes in that rhythm lane, so that was a bit of a tell, but. I think a lot of it is the transitions were tighter. Like Oakland, if you look at the track map, didn't seem that much different. And San Diego, look at the track map, it didn't look that much different. But it did seem like the the pockets and the angles that you had to get right uh, were more challenging. So I think what happens is, um, you know, fans might not be able to tell necessarily on the broadcast or looking at a track map what makes one track more challenging than another. A lot of times it's just like 10% less space in a transition. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, JT, that makes a massive difference, right? Sure, and it... It's the yeah. angles of the jumps as well. Yep. You know how yep. uh, how forgiving are landings versus a different section, which ultimately will determine how you know how tight these guys are holding on and what the penalties are for mistakes. And you know you're holding your breath. The more difficult a section is, because you have to be just super precise. Where you know if it's not a heavy penalty, they can kind of relax a little bit because they're not so worried about you know a penalty throwing them over the bars. They also mentioned on both the the race day live and then on the television show they were showing the difference between a football layout and a baseball layout which has been part of supercross forever but i think it's just here's some stuff you might not have realized and i I think a lot of people have don't realize this part too i think the baseball layout it's it's in general more awkward to create a track for good passing the baseball layout because the riders will all tell you the longer the rhythm lane the more space you have to get up next to someone by the time you get into a corner more corners seems like you'd have more passing, but if the straightaways are too short, it leads to nothing. And this really, I feel like these baseball layouts, the first couple of the year, we have like two passing spots. 
on each track, right? Like, you're not passing in most places. Like, everybody knows it's going to be the whoops and the two 180s. That's basically what these uh, yeah. layouts have become. Yes, yep. agreed on that. Um, and, and it also comes down to baseball diamonds are much more conducive to 90-degree turns for exactly. whatever reason. And yep. the 90-degree turns are the worst for passing, right? They're just yep. a, a one line through the inside, rolls through the corner type deal. So uh, it, it is a thing. Um, you know, the, the football stadiums that we transition more into as the series rolls on, they're simply more passing. And that's 180s and longer rhythms. It's, it's really that simple. Yeah, so I think sometimes people just want some crazy track layout, and it's like, no, actually a really basic long rhythm, 180, long rhythm, 180. It seems basic, it seems cookie cutter, but that's actually what works best. Well, I liked yep. it. That was good. Um, a good race, too. Fourth, like I said, off the top, fourth different winner um, in four races, and this one was Tomac. He was good all day. He was good all day last week, too. But uh, he was good all day. He got the start he needed. Anderson uh, made a little mistake there. Uh, Tomac took the lead. And Anderson was – they were kind of making some time up. Anderson was making a little bit of time up on him. And then I remember it was .6 and then .4 uh, in two laps in a row. And then Eli got free and broke that open again a little bit. Um, I didn't think Anderson was really going to get him. Uh, I just thought this was uh, – and actually I was texting with uh, Savachi, which I reminded him today of that, by the way. I was texting with Savachi during the practice in the afternoon, and I said, I think E.T. has this one. I don't know why. I just felt like it. I just think it was thought it was going to happen, and, and it did. And – we, he rode great, and he was really happy after the race. Like, he's won a shit ton of races. Um, obviously, this is his first on the Yamaha, and he was really happy after the race and stoked on it. I don't know if it came across in the press conference and in, in the uh, post-race stuff, but uh, he, he was very happy. No, I didn't, I didn't get the exceptionally happy vibe, like not, not more than usual, okay. but I can, see, I can see why. I mean, the obvious thing is, okay, now he knows this gamble of going to Yamaha, and he admitted all along. Like, he never talked trash and said, I'm going to show everybody. I think he knew this was a risk he was willing to take, but there was a chance it was going to be worse. It's not like Kawasaki is garbage. So I think he's at least feeling like, okay, this is going to be good. Now I know, because uh, it was a bit risky for sure. And then also, I think he's got to be stoked in the position that he's in. I mean, usually he's digging himself out of a hole. So now he's just confirmed that he's at least as good as anyone in the series, if not the best guy. And he's the points leader. After four races, and he probably feels like there's more to learn and to gain. Mm -hmm. uh, I think big picture wise, he's even a uh, bigger reason to be happy than just okay. I've proven the Yamaha is good. Like his position in the series for him, this is the scenario he's been wishing for for like seven years. Yeah, yeah, gets the starts a little better, uh, and he's right there. JT, did you think? I thought he was going to get Anderson even without the mistake. What, what did you think? Yeah, I think so. And and you look at the lap times, I was just kind of looking them over, and they are remarkably similar between the two. But I, I think Eli is just so good at finding a pace and just clicking laps off relentlessly, lap after lap after lap. He was just putting in high 104, low 105, high 104. And he, it was just two-tenths, three-tenths, one-tenth just taking it out of Anderson lap after lap after lap, and he just sucks the air out of the race. You know, It wasn't a dominating race where he just ran away and he's you know 15 seconds out front and we're all you know chit-chatting because the race is boring. He was just relentless, and it was a little time gains here and there. Um, so I don't know if I'm more impressed by Tomac because I think he's very good at that, or was I more impressed by Anderson being so damn close to – hanging in there because I, I think Anderson 
is on his best form. I would argue he's even better than he was in 2018 right now. I, I really, really like what I'm seeing from Anderson on most fronts. We'll get into some of the other riding that I'm not a huge fan of, but his his form, how fast he can go and, and how long he can do it for is really impressive right now. Yeah, yeah it was good for Eli, man. He was attacking it and uh, you know crushing the sand. I thought he was great in the sand. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't... He wasn't like a second better than no, 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 that we've no. seen, right? It, no. it was just it was just a little bit better. But he it was yeah. like no. perfect lap after lap after lap after lap, not giving anyone a chance to, you know, take advantage of any mistake anywhere. I don't think the Eli just crushing everybody's dreams is really gonna make many appearances. And that's fine. Well, you know I, what I, mean? just, yeah, I, I don't. But, I don't either. Right. The, I think everybody's gotten a lot better. Yeah, and he's older and whatever, right? But yeah, this yeah. was this was this was pretty good. And man, um, he was good. He was really really good. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Just the same thing, man. Watching. I didn't text Savachi, but like watching practice. The heat uh, hold race. on, Savachi texted me. So, so just for the for the record, yeah. Is it, what was going on with you and Savachi? Oh, Savachi texted it to you. Savachi texted me to to talk shit about somebody to me. But he said he thought Tomac was going to win. No, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. yeah. You're, echoing your text to Savashi, it also just looked like Eli was in complete control. Yep. Uh, when he was trying to pass dudes, regardless of what he had to do, it seemed like he could take different lines. Some of them didn't even work, but he could make the time back up instantly. It didn't seem like a huge task, uh, which is a pretty scary thought for, yeah. for the rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? And I talked to his mechanic a little bit uh, before the night show. They didn't change anything. They didn't do anything. Um, wow. Yeah, everything was pretty good. So he's happy right now. And I, I mean, he did that. Ma- I was talking about that massive, like, quad or five, whatever you call a five, a sink tuple. I don't know what it was. Did you guys see the video on Instagram? Yes, a rare Eli Tomac Instagram appearance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. pretty sick. It was pretty big. I guess it was 84, right. 84 feet, they said. They marched it off. So And it looked like it was off a three footer. It looked like it was off of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. It's just he, the quad, right? Like I don't, single yeah, I don't, upper table to single. I don't, right? I don't remember. But it was big. And anyways. it was like quad uh, he overjumped the quad, I think. He's basically yeah, he, I mean, which they do that. They've yeah, done that yeah. a lot. I mean it's big, but yeah. those guys do that quite a bit, that rhythm. He he uh he's feeling good is what it is. He's happy, he's good. I, I after the race, very happy, uh laughing. Um I texted him to come on the pulp show tomorrow. He got right back to me and said, Yeah, let's do it. Very, that that wow. that is very <laughs> odd. Also, Eli Tomac in a very happy place. I think. So I, I have a question: Is this because okay, we have a, a pretty unique dynamic going on where Eli Tomac has made the change from Monster Energy Kawasaki to Monster Star Yamaha, and he, he seems like it's working for him, right? Whether it's the bike or situation or the suspension technician or whatever, it's working. Okay. Then we have another rider who made a change to the Monster Energy Kawasaki that Eli Tomac just got off of, and he has made a dramatic improvement and seems like it's working for him and everything's clicking. So what the hell is going on? Is it because I think if you were a Yamaha fan, you're like, oh, look how much better the bike is. But if you're a Kawasaki fan, you would just go, well, no, look at how good Anderson is. You know. So I, I don't know what to make of that. I just thought it was a really unique situation where – one guy left a bike and improved. Another guy left a different bike to that bike and also improved. Yeah, I even Instagrammed that, that almost all four guys, Mookie, Plessinger, they've been good too. Like everybody that switched improved, but that shouldn't be possible because they were only leaving each other's brand, right? Like, yeah. 
yeah, obviously it looks like Yamaha's great because Tomac's doing well, but then Mookie leaves Yamaha and looks better on a Husky, but then the Husky can't be great because Anderson left Husky and looks better on a Cowie. I think a lot of it is, uh, I, I would look at it just Tomac and Anderson. I think Tomac, it was, he's been very, Tomac's been very careful to say this is not a personnel thing or a change of scenery thing or I needed a refresh. I just think this team and this bike is better for me. It will give me a better chance to win. I think for Anderson, it's the opposite. I don't know if it's a bike thing. I think Anderson had just worn out the welcome at the old team. They were worn out on him. Vice versa. Bobby Hewitt, the old owner, was his guy. He's gone. I think Anderson needed the change of scenery, and I think Tomac needed the change of bike. So some, I think that's how it's possible for both of these things to be true at the same time. That's my guess. Yeah, I, to me, it's almost like uh, the bikes don't all matter that much. They're all good at that level. They're all very, very good. And those gentlemen standing around the team trucks can make the bikes how you want them or get them pretty close anyways. So, um, yeah. I just think it's funny they've all seemed to get better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it, it's, it's a good point. It's just, I think it's more for the mentality of a rider, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, sometimes it's just a change of scenery. Right. You know, guys get in a better mood. They get excited. There's enthusiasm comes back. Yeah. So, uh, Anderson's just trying harder. Like, there's no doubt. Like, right. he's in, the, in that sure. main event. He never gave up. He kept trying. Yeah. And I, I think Eli, too, like, he's just in a better place mentally. Like, he's happier. You know, like, whether the bike is good or bad, he is happier, which is showing up on the racetrack. So it seems like we can't go any races at all without something, drama, something to talk about. Uh, this week was Anderson on Kenny. Uh, Kenny was leading in the sand. Anderson comes, and they come together, and Kenny goes down, and, and he has to stop later on, a couple laps later, to get some sand out of his goggles. And I think he already had some goggle issues, JT. He took his hand off at the end of the whoops. I don't know if that was, they showed that on TV, Weege, but he took his hand off at the end of the whoops and slowed down while he was leading to shake his goggles or shake his helmet or something. Um, so I think he had some stuff going on before that, and then Anderson uh, takes him down. And, yeah, I don't know. I watched it a bunch today. I watched Pete Fox put it up on his Instagram, so I was able to watch that on, on social media. Um, like I said, I haven't watched the race yet. Man, Kenny went outside. Jason was right there. Jason dove to the inside. Their lines came together uh, at the end, and, and Kenny goes down. And should Kenny be pissed? Absolutely. But to me, just like Marv and Mookie, and Mookie owes Marv one, uh, I don't think – I know the AMA looked at it, they had Anderson in the truck for a while after the race, and the results took a while. But th dude, that that sucks for Kenny. But that's racing. That's not dirty to me. That's not. I think no it was, I, I, I'll take the other side. I think it was dirty, but I also think that if you are Kenny and you have Jason Anderson behind you, you have to know who you're dealing with. That I mean, that's what Jason Anderson does. That's who he is. He likes to ride aggressively. Uh, Kenny knows that, but I think the move in particular. When Kenny goes outside, like, he is fully committed, wide open, coming back to the inside there. Like, I mean, wide open. There is no letting off. And he can't tell where Anderson's just going to show up in the apex of his line, right? And he is literally, you know, full throttle railing, slingshotting out of that berm. Well, To me, Anderson knows he's going in there to make contact because he knows where Roxon's going to be coming back into the track wide open. Don't so, take the outside. What's Kenny taking the outside for? If 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 he knows Jason Anderson's behind him, do you, are you are you I, I not allowed to go with. for I said, a line? You have to know who you're racing. Well, you have to know who you're racing. Okay. But that was his line every lap. But I also think that Anderson knew what he was doing and knew he went in there to make contact, or else he wouldn't have said anything on the podium. Like I, when you own it on the podium, like you know what you're doing. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you're, if anyone thinks that Anderson, you're saying didn't it's think that you're saying it's dirty, so you're saying it's wrong. Well, I mean, 
you know, dirty is up to you to decide whether that's right or wrong. I mean, Vince Freezy will tell you all day long it's not wrong. So that's up for you to decide. Oh. But if you're trying to say that Jason Anderson didn't go in there to get aggressive and make contact, then I would say you are flat wrong. Like he absolutely did. So it's wrong then in your eyes that that was he should not have done that. Like I don't I don't know I just I, see I see the inside I, open I, and I see Anderson right behind him and making as fast a pass. as that corner is as fast as that corner is you can't just blast your way in there or you're that's what's going to happen you you can't do that or you, if you go in there to make contact going that fast with Roxon slingshotting out of that berm yes that's pretty much going to happen every single time I, I mean I, it's not a a coincidence that you really didn't see that pass happen like that like that was the only time it really happened like that because for Anderson to fully commit you're you're going to get contact no matter what you're gonna get contact Weege yeah I feel like it was it's like watching uh, the football game I'm watching right now it's just the running backs going into the line and I'm gonna hit it as hard as I can and I don't know what's exactly gonna happen something's going to happen and I don't think Anderson's like I will definitely knock him down but it was like, something will happen, and since I'm on the inside, chances are it's not going to be bad for me. I don't think he was hoping Kenny would fall. I no. think he was hoping he'd maybe just pass him. Agreed. But it was kind of like, a, I'm going to send it in, and whatever happens, happens. Yep. Which you, he, he, I think, he, I think he, yeah. is, he was absolutely okay with the result that happened, and it was very likely. But I don't think he went in there like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock him down right here. Right. All I'm saying is the move he made the chances of contact and something happening were extremely high. And he knew that going in. If you're going to just yep. tiptoe behind a guy and not no, take the inside. No, no, stop because it. you, because you don't, you want to make the perfect. He hadn't pass. even got to him yet. He had just, he had he, just gotten there. You were crazy. He, he, no, I'm saying, I'm not saying he was tip. I'm saying if, if Jason Anderson gets, uses that inside, but has to check up a little bit because Kenny's coming out and now Anderson has to just tiptoe behind Roxon to wait for the perfect opening so no one judges him. Like, this is part of the sport, man. Do, do you what's, – what's different from that pass on Marv on Mookie? Higher speeds. Uh, higher speeds. Yeah, but, that was, I was going to say but, about but, 15 miles an hour. But, but what, what's the – you know, what's the difference? Like, Marv grabbed the inside – yeah, and, and and I mean, and was got, three. One guy fell over. The other guy uh, flipped. No, they, doing they, they both thirty fell. miles an hour. They both crashed. I don't know, man. I don't like that's racing to me. Kenny should be pissed. I'm not saying Kenny's got to be like. Kenny's got to be like, oh, that's you, cool, dude. Like, but this 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 is this is in the history of Supercross. There's going to be contact between motorcycles making passes. Right. And and typically there are fines handed out in those scenarios. Correct? Penalties, fines. So do you in in that context are you saying that's that's the appropriate move because. They're, they don't typically fine and penalize people when it's the appropriate move. I don't believe they did anything to Jason. I'm saying, but you're saying in the history of the sport, that's what happens. People take each other out and knock each other. Yeah, they typically get fined and penalized, just like they did last week with Barsha and Bogle, just like they did um, at the first round. Hold on, hold like, on. Bogle was getting lapped. That's a totally separate deal. Bogle was getting so why lapped. Did, why did Barsha? Why did Barsha get one spot penalty then? Well, before going beside the whoops, Barsha got no penalty for that pass. Zero. His penalty was for okay. going beside the whoops. So, okay. so the passes at Anaheim one. You know, he got on probation for the pass, though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Suck it, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Pen- probation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, there's way more. <laughs> if, you, if you're saying that no one ever gets penalized for riding but, dirty, but I, I don't, there, or contact. There, I don't know what. To no, I don't say no one ever gets penalized. Well, the, the sport is full of contact passes every weekend, and. Yep. We probably have five percent of them that are actually dealt with with a penalty or a fine or, or a probation. I mean, literally, there's slamming going on 
all over the track, yep. further back in the pack, and this is called Supercross or Arena Cross to me. That's not that's so, not called uh, running into people is not called Supercross. That's not. That, that, it's actually so. That's crazy. So so about? so contact is not allowed in your eyes. Contact that's not called is, Supercross. That's like, that's how. Okay, well, I was speaking to a Jim Holly last night after after the race. We watched the Instagram. Jim Hall is like, what's Kenny doing leaving that inside open? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, you got to know who's behind you. There's a guy who, who I, raced, just say, you know, very I high understand. level. Like, like, I understand. And he also was one of the most aggressive contact delivering riders ever. I mean, he made his name just plowing people in arena crosses across Canada and America. I, wow. I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> in every context possible. Uh, <laughs> So I don't necessarily think he is the voice of reason on a move like that. That's like saying that rollerball I'm just, th th said it was a clean move. So, okay. So the AMA did nothing. You think they should have done something? I don't. No, I don't. But they called him oh, into the truck. But no, they don't. So yeah, they called him into the truck fun. for an hour. You don't think that they saw something oh, like yeah, yeah, no, he don't do that? They looked at it for sure. I'm just – but you think they should have done something? No, like I don't. An I actual penalty. Say, I never said that. Oh, okay. So it's not dirty and it's racing then because they didn't do anything and you didn't say that. I, I'm where are no, you standing stop, on would this? You, would you like, please stop putting words in my mouth? I'm I trying to figure said. out where you're standing on this because you said that's wrong. You use the words that's wrong, and then you use the words that the, there's and there's contact. There should be penalized. And I, I'm I trying not. to figure out. I did not where you're at with this. I did not. You 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 are doing it again. You're saying things that I did not say. All I said in my main point is that Anderson knew what he was doing. He went in there to make contact. Do I think that was a smart pass to make at those speeds when he knows Roxon's going to be coming out of the corner right there? No, I don't. I don't. Th I think that the chances of Anderson crashing too were really high. So I don't think it was a quote-unquote smart move. Is that what Anderson does? Is Anderson willing to take those chances? Absolutely, and that's on him. That's totally fine. But I do not believe... That was a move that you would ever see guys like Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb. They would never make that move at that speed. And and I think there's a reason they wouldn't make that move. That, that's all I'm saying. Well, thank God it was such a high chance of him going down that he survived that, I guess. I guess that because he could have really gone down. Uh, I don't know. I can it tell was, that you've yeah. never raced Supercross. I really can with this conversation. I, I, can I, can. I can tell that this is consistent over our pods is you just hate any kind of contact. You just hate it. You, you, you've always said that. You don't like the Marvin move. You don't like the Barsha moves. You don't like any of this. You've always stated that you don't like that kind of stuff to pass people. I do not like when people make contact going that fast. And you, see you don't like contact either. Mechanics you don't like contact any which way in this sport. You've said this for, for 10 years on this podcast. You uh, don't want I to think, see the I riders are, make contact. There are passes that are aggressive that are safe. That, that To me, that one was not very safe. Yeah, I mean, listen. Kenny should be pissed. Absolutely. But why, why would he be pissed? Because he got knocked down. Oh, you're, you're, what you're saying, why would he be pissed? Because he got knocked down. Because there was contact and he got knocked down. But there's... But why? why so, Supercross, why would he so, be mad? So Kenny, if he has a chance, just like Mookie, I said Mookie owes Marv one. These things are settled out there on the track. And, and, and if you got to get it by a guy, it's early in the main event. Kenny left the door open. Anderson saw the door open. Maybe Kenny shouldn't have gone outside with Jason Anderson behind him. Look, I'm glad I'm glad you guys got your 25 minutes in here. I'm glad to know everything's still normal in the world that you guys are arguing. I just want to throw this out. Is there any chance, any chance, that Anderson thought that there was an inside that would just hold up the whole time and then it was blown out? 
Of course. I mean, I'm sure he did. I, I, you know, JT said they go, he knew that there would be contact and a chance. I, I disagree with that, but we, we'll just go round and round on that. Where do you think he was going to end up, though? Like he, he, what? I mean, he ends up so far to the he outside. Does. Of the he corner. does. Okay. Yes, yes but I, I, to me, I'm thinking he was sending it in there, and he's like, "Whatever happens, happens," and I'm on the inside, so it'll probably be in my favor. But even compared to the 250 race, I think that inside was like gone. Like it looked like there were two lines in the 250 race, and then there was definitely not. It's like a line that just stops. And then suddenly you're in the outside. So do you think there's a chance he was like, "Oh crap, this berm is not there"? Right, or... but in that in that moment, if the berm's gone, you don't hold it wide open. Okay, he, he's, got it. He's second. It. He's second behind Kenny. He's been the fastest guy. He's won a race, and he's just being like, "Screw it. We'll see what happens. I'll roll the dice." I mean, the dude's been on it. He's been great. This isn't. If, if, this if isn't. Not, what was the? What was the? What was the intention? It looked like it to be like. Yeah, they hit it, hard. Yeah, sure they did. But I, I'm sure Anderson was like, "I got it. I got this." You you oh. Why, why, why? Oh, so I, I don't have it, but screw no. it, screw it. I'm going in anyways, and and maybe I go down. In, I'm he was second. Going to make a, yeah, he was well, wanting to make a hard pass. You, you, hard pass. Yeah, that that's different from knocking himself down, though, JT. That's different. He from, almost knocked himself down. I don't know. I mean, have you watched it? I guess yeah, you have I it. did watch it. Yeah, he didn't. He was fine. He was great. He got got it done and took off. He was great. Yeah, like I don't know. Jesus, like man. you're smarter so, than this. You are too. You raced. I know. That's, that's the why, thing. That's you race. Yeah, why exactly. I'm trying to tell you. Right. And and let me pull up all the races you were in where there was contact. There was contact in Supercross. That's what there is. It's it's called passing. It's called hard contact. We've we've literally seen it every weekend. And outside of the Brees on Entignap one, everyone goes, Yeah, man, I get it. I get it. You know, like Bo- like Barsha was dirty. Bogle got him back. And Bogle shouldn't have done saying, that. But I'm not saying he should be penalized. All I'm saying is I do not believe in this instance, that was the best move for Anderson to make. That's okay. it. Like I, I think there would have been a better opportunity where he could have made a move that lowered his own chances of crashing, and certainly Kenny's chances no, of crashing. You're, now you're walking it back, but that's fine. What do you at, mean? At the very beginning of this, you were like, that that was wrong. I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that was wrong by Anderson to do that, and he's got to be smarter. You said all that stuff. And now you're like saying, well, well at, you know, I, at this moment, I don't know if Anderson should have, you know, really gone in there. Like, I don't think, I don't think it was a smart racing move. I don't, I absolutely don't. Well, and you, I think if you ask around say, Hey, was that, was that like a really good move? Like you would, you would want to do that again. Like that would be your approach to the pass over and over. I don't think you're going to find many people that are like, yeah, man, send it in there. Yeah, do it. Can we move on please? So Anderson second. Tomac wins. Anderson second, Sexton third. Um, I, the, Sexton was catching him for a little bit there, uh, but then those guys kind of pulled away at the end. But they were kind of spaced out a little bit. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot of going on in the top three. Uh, Ferrandis was on a roll. I don't know we, how much they showed on TV. Uh, let me look here and see. He came around twelfth in lap one, and he was moving. He got a lot of fast guys. Got up to Malcolm and kind of. Fell in behind Malcolm, couldn't really do anything. Uh, got him eventually um, in the whoops when Malcolm made a mistake. But uh, Ferrandez was really good. Yeah, uh, Sexton. By the way, he said you see Sexton almost almost scrub oh, too hard yeah. uh, he, on that wall. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I think that that messed him up. And then he said he actually stalled momentarily, but he gave credit. Like I don't think he was going to catch those guys either way. He was creeping up on them. Sexton yep. was. It was still a good ride. Did um, he say the endo almost endo slowed him down? The wall set. Yeah, the wall, wall thing over. Yeah. yeah, he said he thought he was going to drag his pegs and crash. Uh, yeah. And he said he was shocked. He still actually got the whole rhythm after that. 
Because but, I, yeah, I think that took a little wind out of his sails. Okay, because that did take a – I was watching that, and I'm like, oh, boy, he almost died there. And then he was slow for like a lap or two, and then he picked it back up. So I'm like, okay, like he – you know. He, he's recovered type deal, but it did cost yeah, him a little Yeah, and he bit. said he stalled it, but he yeah. said he only lost like a second. He wasn't blaming it on that. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't – he just couldn't quite get him. It was still an awesome ride. Yeah, Ferrandis, uh, I know we don't have the technology to know where he was no. off the start. Nope. Um, Not possible. It was hilarious. On last week's show, they referenced that uh, Jeremy Coker, who's the team manager of Stars 450 team, said they looked back, and Eli has a seven – his average position on the first lap of Supercross in his career is seven. Mm-hmm. And they said, and that's at the end of the first lap. He's probably even worse than that off the start throughout his career. But, of course, how would they know? Nobody knows. We, yeah, it's not we possible. Can never find out, even though there's a graphic on TV, that, but we can't get that data. So, yeah, Ferrandis again, what are you going to say? Like, it's the same old story. Needs to get better starts. He was, he was good. He was really good. You know what's weird about Mookie? So, Mookie's gone. Hold on a second. Mookie has gone 7555, right? And remember... Uh, for a long time, we were like, Mookie's got one top five to his name. You know what I mean? Like when he was JGR yeah. days or whatever, and and then now he's just seven five five five, and he's probably not that Stokes, but so, but he still had a big improvement. But it's weird, JT. Like he's he's not superior in the whoops. This is weird. He's better everywhere else, and he has sapped his amazing whoop speed. That is gone somehow. He's good in the whoops. He's not like. One of he, he's very good to good on the whoops, but there are certainly better guys. I thought JB looked great, by the way, this weekend. Weege in the whoops, um, but Mookie's whoops have just become good. I think he's just taking less risk. I really do. Uh, you know, a lot of those heroic runs through the whoops. I don't think he was like a hundred percent in control and comfortable, and like I can do this every lap type stuff. Uh, I, I think his ambition was far exceeding what he could really sustain, which I get it. I, you know, I commend that. I just don't think there's a lot of longevity in it. And I think he's found a pace and, you know, that's getting better of something he can really sustain. And that's around the top five right now, you know? And, and I think just like Eli Tomac and Cooper Webb and Anderson and all these guys, like they, their pace, they can sustain and chase Sexton too, is a pace that you can win with, right. Or get on the podium. And I think that's what Mookie is trying to get to uh, without having to take huge chances that I just think over the course of 17 rounds are going to, you know, wind up with you being on the ground and probably hurt. Yeah. It's the first time I think I've ever seen is I, I have no recollection of Mookie getting a good start in a 450 main ever. Like, seriously, is that his first time ever? What Phoenix was uh, Glendale, the race he broke his femur. Did he get a good start there? I thought he did. <sighs> yeah, but maybe he was the front. So the start could have been that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he just ends up in the same spot. Yeah. Either way. Uh, but yeah, Ferrandis was good. I talked to him after the race. He's he was happy. Uh, but then I heard DV was mad. So, DV, but you can't. Sorry, go ahead. DV in the beginning in the morning. DV, I was talking about starts, and DV said it's bullshit. You cannot talk about starts. You don't. You you can win from anywhere if you're really good, and starts don't matter. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how to do. disagree with you. The DV data, here. the data, the data disagrees with DV. I'm just like he said that once you tell the rider starts matter, then if they get a bad start, they gave up. They give up. And I think he's speaking from personal experience, by the way. <laughs> so, um, but, but the know. the results the results are telling the tale. Yeah, you know, you you look at where he's starting, you look at the lap times are plenty good, and then you look at where he finishes, and it's not. To me, it's not really 
an opinion at that point. It's just this is what the data is telling you. It's really straightforward to me. And I know I know DB would would argue that and, and tell me I'm wrong and all that stuff. But that's just how I see it, man. If if you tell me that Ferrandis is going to start top five every race, I would bet anything that you want that his results are going to be better. I can't believe I'm defending Jason Anderson. By the way, I same. Let's call it like I see it, bro. I, we know that. I, I get it. I mean, there, there, there's honor in that. No problem. I just uh, doesn't mean I agree with it. We, we were talking about Marvin Muskan, and, you know, obviously last week was maybe his worst ever 450 Supercross race ever. Um, yeah. He got a sixth. It was a quiet sixth. He got around uh, Webb. Are we okay? Are Marv? We, yeah. Like, uh, it was you better. Said the other name, I think that we need to start talking about. Yeah, we'll get, Marv... we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, but uh, I, I don't know where the expectations are, Marv. Like I don't like. Well, okay, but last week, one. last week was yeah. terrible. Yes, yes. So I looked at the sixth, yeah. and he was in the battle, and he, you know, yeah. he didn't get passed by any more riders than he passed. Um, to me, I'm like, after last week, that's a win. Okay. But you know, three years ago, obviously Marvin Muskan, a six is a complete disaster, but I just don't know where the standards are now. Like yeah. the five guys in front of him, should he be beating them? Should he be bummed? I don't know. After last week, I saw the six as like, okay, whew, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I was saying was this was a big race for him because it was such a bad race, but I think the sixth is yeah. fine. Yes, I agree. Like yep. he, he, it's good. Um, and then, uh, Barsha was after him. Barsha came from further back than Ferrandez. So that was a, um, that was a good ride by Barsha. And then Cooper Webb. Oh, boy. JT? Yeah, I think uh, I kind of put him in the same boat as Marvin a little bit, where I don't think these tracks have really been perfect for them. You know, we've seen consistently the toughest whoops for the month of January that I can remember. You know, we would have to go back to, like, the McGrath era for me to find a January where the whoops were this difficult. And... I think it's fair to say that Marvin and Cooper both, you know, they're not terrible, but it, it's their liability. If you were going to find a weakness in their game, it's the whoops. So I'm really trying to keep an even keel when I, you know, kind of analyze both of their performances because I think this is going to change. And I think once we get past Anaheim three, the whoops are going to start to mellow out. They'll start to become jumpers. We're going to get into tracks where it's not these massive whoops that don't break down or if they do they just get really cupped out and still can't really jump so i think it's going to get better for these guys in the end so if they stay calm they get the results when they're there they stay around the top five i think that the you know the podiums and the wins will come it was definitely an off night what did he qualify he qualified no what's odd is his qualifying oh six better i got a good qualifying at the end there haven't there been times where webb's been yeah on the top of the board second yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, he was further back. He must have put in a heater near the end because at one point I'm like, yeah. oh, boy, like the qualifying is not great, right. you know? Well, so. and, and, and I really think it still comes – he wasn't riding really well, no doubt about that. But if you watch him in the whoops really closely, when the whoops got really cupped out, you know, typically that's when he starts to shine because he'll be able to start jumping. That never came in. Like you just had to be willing to shift up to third – and grab a handful and and just bounce all over the place, blitzing through them. And I don't think that's I don't think that's Cooper's strength. I actually think it's it's you know his greatest weakness as far as racing goes. So I, he was just getting he was just getting eaten alive there. And I think that wore down his confidence in the rest of the race, where 
he was going around the track going, I can't beat these guys. You know, he's watching Barsha catch him. He actually crashes right in front of Barsha trying to hold him off. I think it was, it, it just mentally, you know, took its toll on him. Dean got him straight up at one point. Yep. Dean got him and was in front of him. So, yeah, I mean, good for Dean. Like, I'm not trying to shit on Dean here, but that's, you know, that hasn't happened too much. So, um, what that about- makes me feel a little better because to me, that was like, what? But, uh, uh JT, you've just some decent reasons where they can at least point to, okay, if this and that changes, but we might actually be okay. But I was told they did some. They, I was scratching my head. I was told they the bike would be better this weekend. Like they were stoked on the direction they had, so they they made some changes this week. I guess. Well, they were fast in practice. I just think, you know that that main event, the whoops are the worst they're going to be. And if you watch those guys, you, you saw the the crash from Freezy where he's just you know just sending it and it bounce all over the place and it spits you off. And you watch those guys. They're like even the best guys were having some serious close calls in the whoops. And I just don't think Webb is is ready, or I, I just don't think it's really in his game to really take big chances in the whoops. And I think you kind of had to if you were going to run up front. Well, you had to by the main. The far right was the best by far, and the guys that were doing that were better than left or middle left or whatever. So yeah, and, and I would say I would argue that the guys at the very front, Anderson and Toma, they, they were kind of going wherever. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, they weren't they weren't line bound where. If they were out of their main line, they were in big trouble. Like they could kind of go wherever, yeah. which is a is a really good sign for them. Uh, Roxon is twenty three back. Weege, he is uh, ninth in the points. Two poor races. Um, you know, once he got up, he stopped to clean his goggles and didn't really rip to the front. Kind of like uh, kind of like Oakland, right? Um, yeah, man, not good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to win the title. I don't. I wouldn't be picking Roxon right now. Uh, 23 down and one good race and three bad ones. Um, but it's it's he, he's still an opportunist. doesn't mean he w- couldn't end up winning this very next race this weekend. No. Um, but I feel like he's – and I might be proven wrong by this. I always say that riders eventually the first thing that happens is that the title contenders transition into opportunist race winners. They can't get third no matter what, but they can still win every once in a while. And I thought that's the direction Tomac was going. Uh, not the case so far this year, but, uh, yeah, I don't know for Kenny. It's like, if the night goes bad, it's bad. It's done. Uh, his, it's, this is his last year of his contract. So interesting. Keep an eye on that. If we don't hear anything soon ish. So, yeah. And, and I think what you're getting at, I would assume here, I think a lot of people, I hear this all the time from people, you know, as soon as AC got hurt. Right. And it's like, all the money Cowie's dumped into this guy. They must be so pissed. And, all the money people have Honda's dumped into Kenny and no titles. They must be so pissed. If you're a guy that can win races in the premier class, you're good. You will get a job. Yeah, so Kenny got second in both series last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people think he's a complete loser. And I'm like, <laughs> he won more races than all, but like two other guys Yeah, that makes him at worst, the third rider, the third best rider in the sport. Like employment's not a problem. Are you thinking more of a, he might just choose not to race anymore. Yes. Or he won't have a job. No, 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 no. I'm like Exactly. He, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking Seriously, he wins Anaheim one, he's guaranteed a job for next year already. No, yeah, no, no, no. I From just, somebody. Yeah. Uh yeah. I thought his deal had another year left. I know Chase does, and then I was like, I think he had another year left, but I would talk to somebody that would know and they said no, he's up this year. So um Yeah, that's that's he, yeah, if you don't hear rumors, it's right. not because no one's offering. It's yeah, because yeah, he's not yeah. interested. Yeah. Uh McElrath tenth, that's his best ride. I was went to go talked to him after the race and i mean with no knowledge of actually what was going on 
which some would say I do all the time. Uh, he didn't look happy. He looked angry when he was talking to his team. So I didn't really grab the interview. But uh, 10th for Shane. So another good start, this one. Shit starts, we're back. Uh, Anstey crashed and hurt his shoulder. And then JT, he qualified crappy. He wasn't really looking very good. Like, we even thought he might not race, right? I don't know if you – well, maybe you're, you're tied up with those guys, so maybe you knew he was. I was wondering if he was even going to race. He qualified 22nd. Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good crash in the whoops. Yeah. So I think the rest of the day was just, can I do this or not? Um, and, yeah, I mean, I commend yeah. him for giving it a shot, fighting through it. 11, and then, yeah. 11. Yeah, he got it done. Yeah. So not, so not bad. And a lot of that, you know, is in qualifying practice, it's really tough because you don't have any adrenaline going. You know, it's just like, man, you feel everything and it all hurts and it all sucks. When the gate drops, though, just adrenaline can go a really long way, especially if you take anything for it. You know, it, it really does help. Yeah, I'm sure he got, you know, some help right before the night show. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Lewis, Lewis Phillips, our Max Anstey uh, whisperer. Was uh, definitely concerned, Weege. Definitely concerned. But Yeah, because I feel like the one thing Max has done very, very well here since jumping into Supercross last year, uh, there hasn't been any real moments like that. He's been very consistent, really yeah. quiet. Yep. And I commend that because I feel like that's not what Max usually is. I, I feel like Max's thing used to be three or four races a year, he was unbelievable, and the other races were not so good. And he's been Mr. Consistent, yeah. actually, here in the U.S. over the last uh, 18 18 or 20 months, so I was surprised to hear that. Hartraff 12, another career best for Hart Hartthrob. So he's getting better every week. Every yeah. week, a little bit better. Yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, he's stoked. Yeah, um, he actually uh, he was able to to pass Bogle and pull away, which I was uh, I was pretty impressed with. Yeah, Bogle got a good start. Bogle was fifth or something, right, for a little bit. Uh, yeah. 14th for Bogle, 15th for Freckle. Cheers, man. Just I love it. I'm stop. I'm, I'm going to stop talking to Cheers during the day. Dude, he sends me the most depressing texts. Dude, my elbow, I can't hang on. I gotta, I gotta figure it out. Oh, I'm sick. I, I gotta figure it out. I, I'm still not. I've ridden all week. God, I hope I can chiz today. And I'm just like, okay, dude. Like he's done. Like this is over. And then he continues to chiz and gets 17th, 16th. Sorry, 16th. Like, yeah. Like, dude, he scares me. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, he's got ten. He's got tennis elbow. So it's hurt. And I had that for like six, eight months. He's dealing with it too, so yeah. Just, just, just mark it down. Yeah, Chiz is gonna Chiz. Yeah, All right. no, that's it. Yeah. He's just gonna Chiz. If yeah. I did my privateer thing that I was hoping to, and I still may, I would be rolling this money over because none of these idiots can beat Chiz. Just none of them can do it. It's the guy hasn't ridden during the week. He's got tennis elbow. He qualifies thirty third, and none of these guys can beat him in the main event. Still, so it's just like <laughs> it's just amazing. So it's actually happening. Yeah. Exactly as you right. thought it might. Yeah. Uh, Weege, I wish you were at Anaheim 2 for one reason and one reason only. Oh, no, no, no. Don't. Is this where we're going? Is no. It time? No, no, no. Oh. It's not time. All right. Our guy, the 2 6, <laughs> was fifth for a little bit. <laughs> Face, number, name on the tower. Fifth. A. Martin. A. Martin. It said A. Martin up there. Yep. Yep. Wow. I'm sure JT and, and was bad, but. He's seated group against it, the fastest yep. 450 riders that you want to throw down. Anybody. He will throw down. Whatever so, you want. You said was mad? Yeah, probably a little mad. 
You're ridiculous. Oh, You're ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, furious. I'm not saying, you know, break things. But why, why would I be mad? That's the dumbest thing <laughs> you could possibly say. He's just showing you. You're an idiot. Literally, like an um, idiot for saying that. Well, it didn't last long. And then he went down in the sand. And he went down in the sand twice. And as I asked him after the race, how does a guy born in Millville go down in the sand twice? If there's one spot, troll, that you had covered. It was a sad, but what, what I, I about his passes in the whoops? I didn't see any passes in the whoops. Did he do that? LCQ. Absolutely. You didn't see his passes in the whoops. the whoops in the LCQ. Yeah, dude. That does not come to mind right now. I, I maybe I wow, blocked okay. out. Okay, well, let's we yeah. can see who the real Amar fan is. Well, I, yeah, I mean, truly, I listen. Uh, no, he I was good in the oh, whoops, yeah. but um, that LCQ, I was probably I had three guys in Pulp Fantasy in that thing, so I was probably like, okay. Amart's in. Where are these other losers that I picked? Uh, which would be Bogle, who had to come up, and then Cade. So, um, yeah, Josh, I had K two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JT, I think I had K two, or no? Mm-hmm. JT. Yep. Yep. Didn't okay. really work out right. as usual. Uh, Hill eighteenth, Brees nineteen. Uh, Fast Freddy has made every main event he showed up for. That's that's really good in this field. Good job, Fred, Freddy. Yeah. Riding, riding pretty well. Mm-hmm. He actually rode really well in that uh, heat race to mm-hmm. hold Bogle off. Uh, I, I was impressed, and, yeah. and I can't say that very often about no. Freddie and Supercross, but he he looked good. Uh, I was sitting uh, sitting next to a Mister uh, Phil Nicoletti in the press box, um, and uh, he was like, "Dude, Freddie's good some days. Other days, it's like a grenade goes off in his airbox." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> we got the good day today, Phil." <laughs> he goes, "He is. He has some really good days, and so we had it." Yeah. 22nd it, it is impressive 22nd Aaron Plessinger uh, went over the sand landed on his head uh, he'll be fine uh, he tweeted or Instagram today that he'll be fine and on to um, on to Glendale uh, 21st on the night Weege uh, I'm getting worried for a couple reasons here first of all our gap over Amart is down to just 9 points mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't have us only up 9 points after 4 rounds uh, you know we had this race for COVID uh, it's funny, I was talking to the great Justin Brayton this week, and I was telling him in the most non-insulting way possible, I'm like, you're kind of like a high-level chiz. Like, oh, wow. It doesn't matter. Like, he, didn't oh. race for, he didn't ride for like a month, right? Oh, wow. Like, all of December. What? You, you called him a high-level chiz? High-level chiz. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So he didn't even ride all of December, right? And he's super old. Then he misses a race with COVID, whatever. And he just he just shows up and just... Heat race is good. Qualifying's good. Going to be hovering around, you know, 10 to 12 in the main. That's higher level than Chiz. But he's just automatically going to be in there. Like, he's never going to come out and be like, dude, I don't know if Brayton's going to make the main tonight. Oh, like, uh, yeah. This is bad. Yeah, true. Yeah. Th- that's what I mean. And then he well, joked. He's like, yes, actually, the Honda guys call it autopilot. Like, you can just, like, Brayton has just raced so long, kind of like Chiz. Yeah. They can just hit the autopilot button, and they will just manage the main event. And they will just get a solid result. And at no point will you be afraid they're not going to qualify or that they're embarrassing themselves or is this going to suck, regardless of their circumstances. How, so old, was, how old was Chad yeah. la, la, his last year? When Chad uh, Chad's last year? Brayden's 37. It might have been close. Is Chad 38, maybe? It's close. Okay. Maybe Chad is a year older or the same. Well, I was kind of thinking, um, like, I thought Chad yeah. was one year younger, to be honest, when he stopped. But maybe he was older. Um I think I think Chad was born in '83. I think '82, '83. I, I don't know. But what year is it? '82. Okay. 
That's 20? So he was, he was 37, right around 37, about to turn 38 at that podium right. in Detroit. Okay. Oh, so, okay, so he's 38 to 39 the next year then uh, when he's KTM. Anyways, my point being is I think Brayton's more competitive than Chad was. Yeah, I, Brayton was going uh, – sorry, Chad was going to the LCQ a lot. And right. we were getting nervous a right, lot. Right, right. Like, I feel like Brayton, he's just going to get 12th at worst, 13th maybe. Right. Uh, like autopilot. But having said all that, having said all that, something changed. Because on television, all of a sudden the camera cuts from Eli Tomac. And there is just a number 10 Honda by itself laying in a berm. <laughs> no rider to be seen anywhere. What a shocking development for you. I never saw the crash, obviously. Yeah. Uh, JT, you mentioned it was not good. Yeah, it's not good. It was at the end of the rhythm section that we opened yeah. the show with. Yeah. Uh, it, it was not a not a good crash. Uh, didn't look like it was any fun at all. And you just you can't crash where he did and it go well. You just can't. He he yeah. went long on the second triple, and yeah. like exploded himself. Um, so yeah, he said he's okay, but yeah. like it's just like I, it's. I was just making the point that like Chiz, it doesn't matter. He's gonna do the laps. Everything will be fine. Hit the well, autopilot button, and then this happens. Weed, you would have been stoked because he went off the track. I don't know if he crashed or went off the track, JT. I saw him off the track. Uh, I don't know if he got pushed off or had to ride alongside I mean, the, of it. The bike, the, the bike was in the track. No, no, no. I mean early in the main to get. Oh, yeah, I didn't, he, I didn't see that. I he know. was off the track. Uh, whether he fell or whatever, he was way back, Weege. And then he, he was catching McElrath for 10th. It would have been a good ride for you guys. That's what I'm saying. Just autopilot. It's not, there's nothing interesting about anything. Like, oh, man, maybe he just shouldn't be out there. Maybe he's too old. Maybe this is not working. Speaking of going off the track, did you guys see Anderson in the heat race go off the track? (laughs) He's had several off-track excursions lately. Yeah, yeah. He talked a lot in the press conference just how Anderson did about having an off night, missing the lines, just didn't feel comfortable. Heat race was really not good. Like, Carmichael was speculating that maybe something was wrong with Anderson's bike. The heat race was so ugly. Stalled it. (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? Oh, that's right. You guys haven't heard the broadcast. We know that Carmichael is not overly critical of anything, right? right? He tries to be very diplomatic on the show, right? He couldn't help himself but accidentally kind of say, like, is something wrong with these KTMs? Because the web performance was not good. Plessinger crashed out. Uh, even he could not resist. And I feel like he really tries not to bury right. anybody. Yeah. But uh, he was saying, like, something doesn't look right with the turns or something with these KTMs. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Weege, lucky to be out there or? Autopilot. We'll be back. We'll be fine. Okay. All right. No problem. All right. Fly Racing Zone. Just seeing a bike without a rider, I was very concerned. Yeah. Fly Racing Zone, Justin Brayton uh, doing that. Uh, Thank you to Fly Racing. Again, uh, get it from motorsport.com. Please check those guys out. And uh, thank you to uh, Fly Racing for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, styles and colors and everything, JT, to suit anybody's needs. Got it all, baby. You got, got a, it all. You got well, to be. We actually don't have it all. We're out of a lot of stuff, but right. We catalog has it all. Well, we each doesn't show up at the races anymore. So we had Davey Coombs fill in for the Fly Racing uh, Radio Show, and he was great. Weech. DC Davey always delivers as always. Always, always, always coming in. Yeah, I didn't know if he did show up. We were. I heard. I saw you guys queuing him up <laughs> on text, and I didn't know. Because <laughs> you know, let's be honest. 
Davey sometimes has a good. You never know what Davey's order of business is at the races. Right. Sometimes it's hanging out. Right. So right. I'm like 5:30 p.m. Davey. We never know who he's going to be with or what he's going to be doing. So yeah. I didn't know if he actually came over. Nah, he was there, and uh, I tried to hit him up for a raise on the stage uh, for me <laughs> for me and JT, and he said he's not sure what we yep. do. Well, he doesn't know what we do right. for he him. He said he doesn't. He would have to define what we do first. Yeah. So that was. I think that's accurate, actually. Yeah. I, I, he might not know. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, he was great. It, it was great. Great set of bench racing. And Rob Andrews was there too, the GP rider. So Rob was there. Uh, oh, that was cool. cool to see that. I will uh, be back at Glendale. I will be back. Okay. Triple Crown got you back. I don't know. I was just feeling antsy. Like this is too good. Good, and I didn't. I don't want to miss any more races. So. Uh, so thank you to Fly Racing and Maxis and Renthal as well. Uh, Maxis.com, Renthal.com, Coba Links, uh, lowering suspension link for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha and uh, Pulp Mex Code will save. Uh, get some more confidence. Uh, have your bike work a little better if you're shorter of stature. Your wife, girlfriend. They make a lowering link, Cobo Links does, that will fit your bike and allow it to, to just have you gain more confidence with your bike. So use the code PULPAMEX to get uh, free shipping and everything else. Thank you to Cobo uh, uh, Links for coming on the show. And, of course, Motorsport.com. Uh, thank you to those guys as well. Uh, free shipping on everything over 79 bucks. OEM and aftermarket parts. they got a dedicated team of gearheads there. Phil Nicoletti uh, asking me about his handicap uh, is a Motorsport.com rider. JT, what will his handicap be in Minneapolis roughly? What would you set it at? Because... He wasn't happy with what I told him. I think it's probably going to be something like a 10. Oh, wow. So I told him it would be an 8, and he lost his mind on me. It's really nothing other than he hasn't raced a 250 in a long time, and we don't have any data to go off of. So to know, me, yeah. he's, a main, he's a main event guy, but we don't know what his result's going to be. I, I understand that he wouldn't like that. That's fair. And he, if you have faith in him and he has faith in himself – you what I think it's going to end up at. Yeah, yeah. I, I said you. So we think you'll get around 18th, and that's when he lost his mind. Well, and it's not necessarily that you have to you have to create some value. You know, if you think he's going to get 18th, then no one pick him at an eight, right? Yeah. So yep. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would say more like if you if you put him at a 10, then he's going to get 18th. Uh, Motorsport.com. Please check it out. Thank you to those guys and Weege Onyx Maps as well. Yeah, I'm over at onxmaps.com looking at the website. There is a five-star review from John. Saved my life. This app literally saved my life last night. I was so far from camp when the rain came out of nowhere. I was able to use the offline map I created of the area before I lost cell service to navigate me and my family back to camp right oh, before wow. hypothermia kicked in. Best subscription ever. <laughs> wow, we, we just something you should pay for. You should pay for it. Something like that. Uh, can you really put a price on it? Like, I don't know if you can. I don't know <laughs> if, if I would. Um, if you can't but, put a price on it, don't bill. Yeah, exactly. The, the price on everything should be zero. However, if you decide that your life is worth something, not mine, but if you feel like your life is worth something, you might want to look into Onyx Maps. Onyxmaps.com or Onyx Off, 550,000 miles of trails mapped out. And you can, this is really cool when you do the trail or you can leave notes for yourself to reference again, which I don't think you can really do on Google Maps. So that's a big help. All right. Thank you to Onyx Maps as well. Uh, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, 250 time. Great win for Craig. Uh, I was, uh, JT, I was a little worried for Craig because Mosman's matched his speed a lot and got coming off the first win, um, you know, a lot of confidence, everything else. Craig had to mess around with Vince a little bit, um, and Mosman got a gap, and I'm like, this, I'm like, this is going to be good. 
and I don't know if Craig can get him. And dude, he got him quicker than I he got him quicker than I thought. Mosman was missing some of the rhythms. Um, he wasn't able to do that that the, the one where Brayton crashed on a few times like he wanted to. And Craig ate him up slowly. And obviously, Craig was good in the whoops. So, yeah, props to Christian. Maybe his best race of the year. Yeah, I really love him. You know, his wins this year had kind of been get the start, see ya. When we saw him show the ability to kind of overcome adversity at San Diego, this one was really the first one where he really had to go earn a win. You know, he had to he had to straight up pass the rider that we is, is most likely to beat him head to head in uh, Michael Moseman. He really had to like outduel him. You know, he, it wasn't like it was just an easy pass and off we go and see ya. You know, he had to outsmart him. He had to make sure he had taken out. Like, there was a lot of racing, you know, quote-unquote racing that had to go on for him to get in. You know, he's had to deal with Vince. He's probably tired of. But, you know, you know what you're getting from Vince. And I just like it. I like this. I like that he's not freaking out in the moment. He's not showing, you know, that the... I think he's just showing all of the things we would want to see from him if he's going to be because I think everybody to a man had questions about him and his ability to seal the deal. Right. Was he finally going to make good on all of the, the promise and the talent and the speed and all of the things we've seen from him for years? I think that the deep down fear from all of us was in the moment. Was he going to make the critical mistake that cost him a championship? And so far, I really think he's passing the test. Uh, I don't know if it's, maturity or if it's Connor Fields help or just time it could be just time where he's ready to take the next step but I, I just think he's answered every question thus and after a huge crash on Friday he answered you know it came back and put all that behind him and go get a win yeah there was definitely Weege after the after he hit my net after I saved his bikes he, he was fine yes. he, he didn't go into the net but his bike certainly did his bike would have went into the stands um I got a few texts, Weege, from people being like, oh, Craig, like, uh, you know, I don't know if you did, Weege, or if that was a, a, a something that you heard, right? Like, what's he doing? It was such a dorky crash. He's such a great rider. Um, but, yeah, this answered everything. Oh, I had a few of those. I didn't know yeah. who they were. There were a few texts. So yeah, like, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yep, yep, for sure. So, Weege, that was definitely out there, but I guess that we're fine. Yeah, uh, he acknowledged that in the press conference, I think. I'm trying to remember who asked him that. Maybe it was uh, Anton, maybe. Um, somebody, I feel, asked him that in the press conference. Like, you know, did it? Did you hear that? And do you care about that? Oh, wow. And okay. uh, he said a couple of years ago, you know, he, he did let that stuff get to him. And now he's getting, you know, he, he's mature to the point where he just laughs it off. Yeah. Uh, but it is for sure that stigma is out there with, with Craig. I mean, I used to say for I've never seen a rider ride so smooth, crash that much. Uh, so I've been guilty of it too, but yeah, I agree. Uh, the with JT, you know, the first turn crash—that's obviously an opportunity for him to go wrong. And in the battle, uh, and to get around freezing and all that—that's an opportunity for something to go wrong. And um, you know, I just didn't believe that the way those first two races went, it was just not going to be that easy. It just never is. And uh, he's been fine. So yeah, for him. yeah, uh, great ride for sure, absolutely. Uh, Mosman second. Hunter Lawrence third. Uh, Hunter's made the podium every single race, but he was he was off on this night in qualifying and the heat race. Those guys, I mean, he salvaged. Uh, Hunter did. Um, you know, obviously there was Vince and Schmoda. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, Hunter salvaged his third when he didn't have his best stuff. So that's something to be said. He's second in the points, but 
At no point do I feel like Hunter Lawrence is able to match Mosman or Craig speed level. He's just going to have to grind this thing look, out. Yeah, I think he's been able to at times this year. He just didn't look very good all day. You know, he's like five, six in qualifying practice all day. And then, I mean, the only, you know, the only way he was going to get up there and get with Freezy is just relentless, right? He was just closing him down like a tenth of a second a lap, like podium. Like it was, a, it was a serious struggle for Hunter on uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, so uh, weird. Like, think about it. He was, he caught Mosman twice yeah, last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. He just said, right. unlike yeah. Anderson, he just said he had an off night. He right. just didn't have it. Um, so Craig was three seconds from getting the white flag for the last lap where Vince was in third and hanging on. Uh, but he had to do one more lap, and then we saw that crash in the whoops. Like JT mentioned it earlier, Vince was – I'm sure he was tired. You know, he, he's got a bonus for third place. It would have been a great race. I don't know if he would have done it, but then, dude, he got smoked. By Schmoda. Uh that was ugly, uh, Weege. Smoked. He got smoked. By Schmoda. Smoked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, if there's any any indication of how and we're not even picking brands here, he's wearing a Liat helmet, but JT fair to say everybody's helmets have gotten significantly better, right? I mean, that's quite an endorsement for the overall technology because apparently he doesn't even have a head injury. Really? He's that's fine. You checked out you you heard this? Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the broadcast, they did oh. a good job. They fouled up. They said he bit his tongue, and otherwise he's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so he was staggered around yep. more because of oh. that. I mean, it didn't look that way. He almost staggered back onto the track, but I'm sure in the moment and you bite your tongue, yep. not going to hold anyone accountable for what happens in the next, like, seven seconds. But uh, it, it certainly dude. looked like he was woozy. I, I don't know if he was or wasn't. Just watching him, I, it, I was right. in direct line of sight. He looked like yep. he was wandering around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he for definitely sure. did. Yeah. Yes. But I'm going to just say, like, right. we all know fly racing, any brand, Leah, the, the helmets have gotten incredibly better. And thank yeah. God for that because, dude, it was dude. fork and foot peg. Not all of, absolutely. Dude, not all of them. There's brands, name brand helmets that just do the EPS and the styrofoam and, and whatever. And you're just like, what? Like, we know so much more about helmets. I, it's a, that's another topic for another day. And I just, I'm, I'm amazed. Like, I don't wear a helmet, mountain bike helmet. Or a dirt bike helmet that doesn't have some sort of secondary protection in it, you know? So, anyways. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that was gnarly, for sure. Um, Vince was doing everything he yeah. can to hold that I, off. As we all know, I am not a, a Vince Freezy fan. Um, I actually think he's a nice guy off the motorcycle, but I, I don't like him when he's on a motorcycle. But I have to give him credit for how well he was riding. That was by far the best he had ridden all year so to do, see him go down like that and then just get plowed uh, for his effort do you do uh, yeah, you that, think that do you think he holds him off i do not two laps to go i don't know man i would say 50 50 i'm gonna say 50 50 right. the only question i have is where was hunter gonna get him like you're gonna you're there's not an obvious place to pass and then you're gonna try to pass arguably the hardest person to pass in the history of the sport i, I don't know yeah in the sand Leave the door open. Go right in there. Right, right, right. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, would have been good. What do you think, Weech? Does he hold on? I think he might have. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hunter was not closing down much, much. He wasn't eating him up. Uh, and and like JT's saying, A, the guy's hard to pass. B, the track didn't have a lot of passing spots. I think the whoops were pretty sketchy, so to just send it in there was risky. Uh, so, oh, no. Okay. I don't know if he would have got him. Well, I talked to Mike Genova on Friday. Still not oh, happy. Still not happy with either one of you. So just FYI. 
Yeah, well, you can see how concerned I am. Uh, I talked to Mitch Payton wow. after the race. He said that shook up Schmoda, too. Just hitting him. He thought he had was clear. He was laying on the ground and then just popped out of nowhere. You know, Schmoda told Mitch that. And then, so yeah, it definitely shook up. I can't up. believe Schmoda didn't hit, crash harder. Harder, right? Yeah. He almost, he, he almost saved it. He almost saved it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Thrasher. Hey, in okay. the heat race, by the way, Vince almost wins his heat. Um, Mosman was on him. And then, uh, what I couldn't tell from TV, but I heard several of you folks up in the press box saying that the, I'm like, man, I, Mosman is almost like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to take second in this heat. And then Vince ended up falling. But then I heard people telling me about the cross jumping. Anyone want to comment on that? No, we're good. I, in this particular instance, I couldn't really see it. Oh, okay. I haven't watched the race back. Okay, but, no, I, I can mean, really that, tell. That is like the, definite. That's a that's a definite Vince move. I just don't know if yeah. he was doing at, it in this particular instance or not. At the end of the rhythm at home plate, the three three three, there yes. was there was some moving over. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't see it on right. TV, but because I, I was surprised, I'm like, dude, he's just rolling away from Mosman now. But right. I didn't know that Mosman maybe said, "Okay, I'm just right. gonna." Listen, no, this. nobody wants to try to have to pass Vince. They you, have, you have to, but you, nobody's excited about it. You know who like, else was? Not, you it's know not who else something was, you want to plan on an off weekend? You know who else was doing that? Christian Craig chopping people off at the end of the whoops. I'm not. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying anybody else March Banks. do it too. I'm just March saying Banks. that's what chopping but people Vince off. Vince has done it. Vince has done it since. I don't know. Yeah. Since I started watching him in 2008, 2009. Yeah, he's an innovator. Right. He's an innovator. Craig and right. Marchbank's doing it now. Right. Uh, by the way, Marchbank's. I suppose about, he, he actually battled both uh, Vince and Craig in the same night. Uh, oh. You think he <laughs> considers them the same? <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Shimoda, too. Was it the heat that Shimoda passed Craig uh, coming out of the sand? Did you guys see that? He briefly got Craig. Really nice pass. And Craig got him right back. I believe that was yeah. Shimoda wasn't anywhere near him in yeah, the main. Yeah, two corner, two corners before the finish. Like yeah, turn corner after the sand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then and then Craig got him back, and dude, Joe went back. Anyways, my point is Joe is not having a good year. I mean, this this crash wasn't no. anything to do with his fault. But dude, he he's, is not. He's the biggest disappointment in the class so far. When did he or turn? Not. When did he turn into Pastrana? Like what you know? Like just I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know that you know he thought he could win this, so you. You, you have more pressure on you, and before it's just like, hey, Joe, do whatever you want. Dude, it, it's it, he's not riding well. So, um, anyways, uh, March Banks, not qualifying. And, dude, just not smart moves either. He got into it with uh, Mumford after practice. I don't know why, but they were yelling at each other down at the after practice, after qualifying. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I had him in Pulp Fantasy, so maybe some of that is on, you know, I don't know. But, dude, he just – so you're watching him, and he's just like he's not making smart moves out there. He's he's on a, a really good bike, and he's a really good rider. It's like, dude, just calm down, you know. But yep, not not making the main he, event is not good. He was a lap away from the podium in the main event at Anaheim one. Yeah, yeah, good point. This is an improbable drop off. Yeah, four, he was like really promising. Like I don't know, borderline did, title. Did, he, uh, did his. Did his wheel break in the heat? Is that what we... Yeah, I believe he contacted with somebody else. He got, he got spokes right. ripped out with a foot peg or something. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm only I'm only going to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt because when that happens, then your gate pick is terrible. Then you're so much more susceptible to bad things happening. I think your overall point is that it's not going well and he's not racing well, but it's really challenging to come back from a DNF in a heat race and, and make it happen like it's just it's really tough if you and and he crashed in the in the on the first lap of the heat race or the lcq excuse me so he made his own life worse 
Um, but it, no, he, when you he, have a bad heat race and you have a last gate, last place gate pick for the LCQ, good luck, man. Good luck to you, dude. In this field, on that bike, with him almost making podiums and winning a damn right, race, right. he 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 has yep. to make that happen. And he came in okay, but in the first turn, I should say, he came in okay. He came in like fifth or sixth. Um, anyways, Carson Brown. Yeah, sixth place. He was stoked after the race. I went and found him to go talk to him. Good job for Carson Brown. Um, he took, again, he took, took advantage of Schmoder going down and Vince going down, but hey, whatever. Then he would have had an eighth, and that's still good for Carson Brown. So good job. Uh, Mumphy, eight. Never really noticed Mumphy much. Robbie Wageman, ninth. Derek Kelly got tenth. Derek Kelly didn't qualify very well. I talked to him after the race also, uh, but he made it through in the main. Um, Mitchell Harrison's. Uh, there's a pulse there, JT, with Mitchell Harrison. There is a pulse. Thirteenth uh, for Mitchell. Yeah, been a tough but, start. He, he just doesn't look good. He he just doesn't look good. Um, I mean that that helps, right? Maybe he can use that confidence to build off of and get better. But he, you know, the guy that was on Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and we saw him running around in the top five and top ten, and and really trying to get his career back going. That guy hasn't shown up so no. far this year. So uh, we'll see. But it has not been good. What else did they make in the two fifty class? Uh, um, Woodcock and Walsh. No, uh, oh. no, Woodcock and was it Walsh? It's Walsh on Woodcock, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, was that it? I think it was. Dude, and then that McClellan Heil kid just rolled by makes him. Makes it. Yeah, makes it. Good stuff. Former uh, RM Army member. 250 LCQ, catch the, catch the fever. Um, <sighs> oh, Blows crashed pretty good. Zombie knocked himself out for a bit, I think. I'm not sure, but it looked like it to me. So he he had a good one. Bummer. He can't nice. keep doing that. Um, did you say nice? Uh, in a sarcastic way. Oh, okay. I was like, jeez. Yeah. Um, it's not like happy. Right. Okay. It's uh, not happy. Yeah, it's bad for uh, Richard Taylor makes it too. Rich Taylor's kid. Uh, Rich is a longtime uh, top privateer in the sport, and Richard's been at it for a year or so and made his first main event. So that's awesome. Good job. Blew his bike up in the main. That's not so good. but Not as great. Uh, did make did make the main event, so that's cool. Uh, what else? Anything else? Rod Bell makes it again. Rod Bell's two for two. Carnell rode well. Mm-hmm. Good job for Carnell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Rod Bell, the 450 experiment last year. This is going much better. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick with the 250s. He's qualifying. I know it's – actually, no, this week the qualifying speed was actually okay. It was okay. Right? Yeah, the week one yeah, was yeah. not good. Yeah. But, is, this, is this the winner of Rod Bell? Uh, I'll take it. What did you say, Weege? I, I would take it as a winter of Rod, Rod Bell compared to not making any mains in a 450 last year. Okay. Did he make any? No. No. So. No. no, I don't think so. So I'm going to go I'm going to go winter of Rod Bell. He's 2 for 2 okay. in this class. All right, fair enough. Um Yeah, he has no this is unbelievable. He has no results. <laughs> Does he have any Supercross results last year or did he make any? Yeah, he dropped yeah, to the 250s. City yeah. when he dropped to the 250s. Yep, yeah, yeah, he got back in when he dropped down to 250s, so. <laughs> Yeah. One main. Yeah, this is much, much better. Right, right. Uh, all right, so who's going to win the 450 title? Oh, I want to bring up on one other funny oh. thing that Anderson said. Okay. Do you, you realize Anderson crashed? Uh, he decided to start tripling on to that elevated turn before the – Yeah, in the, in the last qualifying, there was a bunch of guys going 3-3. That was cool. And then, JT, yeah. did you see anybody doing the night show? Tomac was doing it in the main. He was? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, Anderson – you know how the Yamaha, when you're in front of it, it sounds different. It sounds louder. Yes. The front airbox. Yep. So Anderson heard Tomac behind him and thought, oh, he must be triple tripling there. I'm going to have to do it. 
So he does it, messes it up, loses the lead. He's behind Eli the next lap, and it's like, oh, damn it. He's not he doing it. He wasn't even doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, uh, so so he, was doing it, he was doing it, JT. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a consistent thing, but yeah. there were times when he would he would bust it out. Right. I don't really think it was necessarily the race line. You know, it would just be if everything looked good and he would he would hit it. Um, but it, the the penalty for screwing it up, as Anderson found out, was just way too high. Sexton was going uh, three, two and a half, rolling the inside, Weege, in practice, and that looked pretty sweet. And, and so... Um, uh, going inside in the elevated turn. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. two, three, Uh-oh. two, bang, like two into the wall and then roll. You know, it was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that's the whoops after that, isn't it? Yeah, but he was fine. Yeah, which oh. everybody was. Well, I say everybody, but yeah. a lot of guys were going inside in that corner before the whoops in the mains. Yeah. On the exit, but I feel like they were still apexing it, weren't they? Like hitting that whatever little no. bit of a uh, no, 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 everybody like no. like uh, Mark right. Banks was going inside. Lots of guys were going inside. Oh yeah, I just felt like you needed a drive for those crazy. Crazy whoops. Now you got well, it. they would accelerate down the backs to the uh, oh, okay. know, down the wall on the inside. I see. Yeah, Craig was it was odd. Those whoops were just long enough and bad enough you would actually see riders having to downshift toward the end yeah. of the whoops, which you just don't see yeah. in the four stroke era. I was trying to figure out if guys were hitting them in fourth, and I think some yeah. were, and I think other guys were going third. I yeah, think I would say I would say most would be third. It was all over the place if, a little bit. If you watch it on TV, the, it is uh, even – I mean, they're always entering whoops at very low RPM, but it was even lower than usual. So I'm wondering if some guys were trying fourth. Like, it, it sounded like 800 RPM coming out of that turn. Yeah. And then having a downshift. Um, all right, what else? Uh, anything else? Anaheim 2? Oh, I almost uh, – sure. yeah. almost. I, 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 I didn't do it, and thank God. Because, you know, it wouldn't look very good. But after Sexton smoked that heat race, I almost was just going to type 1993 over and over and over in one of our group texts. <laughs> just just over and over and over and over. <laughs> but I, I'm like, ah, let's just wait. Let's just wait. But that was pretty damn impressive. Like, see you later. I'm out of here. So. <laughs> I, I was feeling the same way. Not McGrath level, but I was like. Might he win the title? Yeah, I'm just going with like the yeah. kid. The kid comes in and wins the title, figures it out, and rips off a bunch of wins. Yeah, that's where I'm not. Not 72. I, I feel bad. Go ahead. I feel bad for rooting against them because I don't want to deal with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Might still happen. He's still my pick for the championship. So Sexton. Sexton. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, I can't bail on the Is guy this, after. A new I, thing? I can't bail. I just I said it last week. Okay. Yeah, it changed last week. All right. Yeah, and and and, and then uh, we changed to Anderson. Stop it! <laughs> I was willing to stick with Cooper Webb all the way because that's what I picked at the beginning of the year. But I am fully in. Wait, I okay. Right wait, now. you switched to Tomac then last week. You switched your pick. I did not. I don't do that. Yes, you did. All right. I thought you did. I swore you did. I thought Webb was good enough last week where I wasn't like, okay, we right. got a major problem on our hands. But another race like that, and then Tomac getting even better, and right. Tomac winning, and Tomac right. having the points lead and stretching it, that's a that's making the odds a lot better for Tomac. Getting back to this Anderson Roxon thing quickly, uh, a lot of dudes. So really? no, no, no. So J Bone was on my show last week, and um, who told me at uh, what was round two, Oakland? Yeah. So J-Bone gave him a speech at Oakland, be like, we're all watching you guys. It's getting a little aggressive. Just, you know, we're watching, right? We're, it's getting a little aggressive. This was two weeks ago. 
And then J-Bone said the same thing on my show. We're like, ah, it's getting a little – and dude, so now what is going on now? Like, you know, Anderson oh. went to the truck, right? We all know that. And nothing happened uh, because it was fine. But uh, now the AM – like, dude, they might start, you know, because I'm not saying it. And I don't know how you two feel. Why would they do that? Why would they do that, though? Again, I'm not saying it, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I think they feel this is go. I thought I think they felt before this weekend that it's going too far, right? They should ask Hollywood where he can tell them that this is Supercross. We can, we can. I'd like Jimmy okay. to be the ref. I would endorse right. Jim Holly as the referee of our sport, a commissioner. Let's let's uh, reference the Polaroids. This is where you entered the corner. This is where contact was made. <laughs> oh, you got to go there. You got to go there, don't you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I. Uh, you know, anyways, my point being, AMA might start freaking out here. Let's keep an eye on that going forward. So, yeah. Um, you wonder if when they pitch J-Bone on taking this job, and J-Bone still works for JGR, like on the NASCAR side, so he doesn't need the job. Do you think he was like, ah, I don't know. And they were like, man, it's not even going to be that much. Every couple of weeks, maybe one thing here and there. You think they said that? I don't know, man. Yeah, well, again, it's it, not... I don't remember this much activity and, ever. And we, I don't either. And we got to be clear, it's not just J-Bone. It's Mike Pelletier and, and Thule as well. There's three of them making choices. But we're just bringing yes. up J-Bone just because he, he stood up in Oakland Riders meeting and said, hey, guys, it's getting out of hand. So he do you think that, to do that. Do you yeah. think that if anybody gets a fine or a penalty, they're just going to go, but this is Supercross. This, this, this is Supercross. So far, nothing's yeah. happened. Okay. I Brees Brees got uh, Bogle got fined. Brees got a stern talking to. I think he might have been on probation. So, but but I wasn't down with the Brees pass. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't want you guys to get this twisted. I thought that was pretty greasy. This is super current. Yeah, that one not. That one wasn't. So, um, all right. Jay Bone did the rear brake test, didn't he? What's that? Didn't uh, Jay Bone do the rear brake test? Yes. Yeah. Brees said that was a problem. Brees said I had no brakes. Jay Bone went up to his bike and said your your brake works fine. So this has been going on for decades, man. Um, yeah, don't go. Don't go outside when the most one of the most aggressive riders in the sport is right behind you. That's probably not a good idea. Don't go outside. I agree with I agree with that. Um, OK. All right. Glendale Triple Crown. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward. These things are cool. We didn't have them last year. I'm I'm I'm, I'm stoked. Triple Crown. Catch the fever. Yeah, it's the best format we have. We still don't have a name for the races, though. And I can't say the other name that I want. Never going to get one. Yep. There we go. Okay. Weege, anything else? We're good. See you in Glendale, everybody. I like how uh, JB has some problems and you're on the first flight to Glendale. I mean, I just saw a motorcycle. I was <laughs> just, like, just, there's like, just a motorcycle. There's no rider. Support. JT, you know that, yes. that, that meme where the cat is just hitting the keyboard? That's Weege booking the yeah. flight. Like when he sees the, when he sees <laughs> the tent. <laughs> That's Weege booking the flight, right, when he sees the I pen. Just, I was just picturing, like, you know, when pilots, like, they're like, okay, we're running up, you know, like, they do the circle with their finger. Like, we're going. Like, we got to go. Like, he he needs us. Yeah. Rally the troops. We're, yeah. we're going up. Yeah. Weege looks at his wife and kids. He's just like, dad's got to go. He's getting called yep. in. Yep. Like 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 Arnold <laughs> yes. and Predator. They, they want the best. They can only, they need the best. <laughs> so you're the guy, Weege. <laughs> so maybe you can get this thing back on the rails. We'll be back on autopilot soon. We'll be back on regardless of what's right. happened or what's led up to this. We'll be back on battling for top 10, no problem. Not embarrassing ourselves. We'll be back. Autopilot. High-level chising. Troll. Nine back. Oh, we, I, we see you. We see I you. I did not expect it to be like this. Right. All right, everybody. Troll is just methodically working his way through these mains, and we are crashing out. Troll told me 
that uh, actually maybe I'll save this for my rant tomorrow night on a race tech rant. Yeah, I'll save it because I got to go. Okay, JT's got to go. Okay, uh, all right. Thanks to uh, Fly Racing. Thank you to Motorsport.com, uh, Links, uh, Maxis Tires, and the guys at Rental Onyx Maps as well. This has been the. Uh, Anaheim 2 review. Remember, Jason, uh, I've always been there for you, and I will continue to be there for you. So, uh, Team God. Pride, Tommy, Jason, time. Tommy, Tenders, I'm there for you guys, so don't worry. Uh, all right. <laughs> J- JT, Weech, thanks, boys. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.